Welcome to the Gaming's Greatest Generation podcast where we discuss news, reviews, and all things video games with your hosts the OG Leo Holly, the overachiever Mark Lombardi, and Mr. Contradiction himself Matt Harms. Stay tuned for ways to connect with the G3 community, contribute to the show, or tell us about your greatest gaming experiences. Now, let's get to the show. Hey, good evening everyone. This is your host for the evening, Mr. Mow Them Down, or Matt as uh, some of you may know me. I'm here by myself as Mark is unfortunately under the weather and hasn't been able to participate and Leo's off doing Leo things, so they've uh, stuck me here for another solo show with you all. So uh, sit back and relax and we'll try and cover some of the things that we've missed out on, just kind of get us caught up for... Uh, hopefully when we will all make our return for uh, the upcoming episode here over the next weekend. But uh, yeah, uh, we'll just go ahead and get right into a few topics that kind of caught my eye over the uh, past few days, if you will. First thing on the list, on the agenda, if you will, just a couple of things with the Xbox deal that's been going on. I I was really kind of hoping and holding out to see if anything would surface from the meeting that they were supposed to be having. Uh, with some of the EU regulator, uh, I guess, officials uh, to try and, you know, plead their case uh, one final time. Haven't seen anything really come out of that yet, unfortunately, so I'm sure we'll probably have to get into that on the upcoming episode this weekend here. But uh, that's all right. We'll, we'll figure out what's going on with that whenever we start seeing some news coming out on it. Uh, otherwise, we have seen them announce a few deals that they are, uh, I guess, pushing forward to try and further cement their case that, hey, they're the good guy and this is all going to go great for everybody. Um, they have announced a 10-year partnership with NVIDIA to kind of host all of their uh, first-party titles thus far on uh, GeForce Now. They have referred to the fact that, you know, Call of Duty will join that lineup if and when the, uh, the merger goes forward. So uh, I guess now NVIDIA is uh, kind of giving their blessing, their backing on the whole deal. Uh, it's good move, I guess, by Microsoft, and, uh, you know, I guess NVIDIA feels a little bit better having that on their side, since thus far, obviously, AMD is more kind of the uh, the one maintaining a big partnership with the console manufacturers, offering the uh, more budget-friendly cards for their, their uh, various builds. But uh, they've also announced, they being Xbox and Microsoft, I should say, I'm sorry, they have also announced a 10-year deal with Nintendo to bring Call of Duty to the Switch platform, uh, and I guess further Nintendo platforms going forward for 10 years at least. Personally, I'm curious to see how that one's going to work out for them. I feel like there is a definitive reason that uh, Activision and Nintendo have not found a way to make that work thus far, and I'm assuming it's you know heavily related to the fact that their consoles are probably not going to be able to deliver quite the same experience that most Call of Duty players would be would be looking for in that title. Uh, I guess the holdouts that have yet to get into it might be able to, you know, try it out and see how they enjoy it. But uh, but I'm not sure if the the mainstay of the series is really going to, you know, feel the same, so to speak, when whenever people are going to try and play that online or anything. At I, I can't imagine it's going to run at 60 frames, and if it does, we'll see, I guess, what the game ends up looking like. I don't know, very curious to, to see how they'll be able to kind of uh, put their money where their mouths are at the moment and deliver a, a worthy experience, other than just the promise of, you know, the, the addition to the lineup there. Uh, but, you know, smart plays on, on Xbox's part, we'll, we'll see if it helps them at all, I guess, with the, the EU decision. 
But uh, moving on from Xbox and that whole thing, I'm going to throw Sony a, a bone here. They have announced a, a state of play coming up on uh, Thursday, if they actually have this week, uh, which I believe will air at 4 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, so modify accordingly for, you know, wherever region you are currently located. Uh, but they are going to go over a few third-party titles, uh, I guess, that are on the horizon, give an update on some uh, upcoming VR games. I think I said five games that are going to be coming out within the next year or so to try and you know help support the newly released PSVR 2, which is uh, reviewing very well, at least uh, per Digital Foundry's review of the same. Still hard to know how things are going to turn out with that, so I have yet to make, make the plunge, take the plunge, I should say, but... Uh, I'm definitely keeping my eye on it. Thus far, I'm I'm very impressed with the tech they've they've kind of shown off with the headset and the peripherals. Uh, mainly, just need to know if it is going to have the lifespan that will justify the the purchase. <laughs> that is definitely a bummer. Uh, it's a it's a hard proposition, I guess, for the prospective consumer who might have the interest, and then for Sony as well. How do you? I guess how do you ensure you know for someone have, make them feel assured that their their investment is not going to go to waste in six months or a year if it's not you know adapted enough for them to go ahead and continue supporting it? That's uh, it's tough, tough, but uh, but hopefully all will work out. Uh, fingers crossed for that. We'll we'll have to see. Uh, and then apparently to round off the show, they're going to feature a 15-minute in-depth dive on the upcoming Suicide Squad. Kill the Justice League from Rocksteady Studio. Um, I can't say that's one I'm necessarily super into myself, but I know that Leo is probably heavily salivating over the, <laughs> over the prospect of being able to check out some new footage on that. Um, so yeah, hopefully if you are a fan or have any interest in that, you'll be able to check that out and you know see uh, see if you can wet your whistle, I guess, on whatever kind of tease they're, they're going to provide for that. Uh, Moving on from Sony, you know, I'm going to go ahead and throw Mark a bone here, and uh, Nintendo, I guess, as a whole, but we'll actually include some, some somewhat Nintendo-ish related news. Uh, Pokemon Day is coming up on the 27th of this month. Not sure if we'll see much in the way of video game announcements, but it uh, wouldn't be out of the question to expect that there may be something that they'll, that they'll go ahead and announce at the, at the event there. Um, Primarily, I guess the current suspects, uh, suspected additions uh, announcements are going to be DLC, of course, for the Scarlet and Violet editions that they have released most recently, and potentially maybe a Game Boy and or Game Boy Advance edition coming to the Switch Online offering. So I'm sure that Mark is keeping his fingers crossed. I know that Leo is at least interested in the idea of playing those games at, at some point someday. Uh, so uh, hopefully if you are a Switch fan or a Pokemon fan or all of the above, you'll uh, keep your eye out for that and see if they deliver you any news that will excite you. I'm going to move on from uh, at least the console uh, platform holders here and uh, into some some other related news, I guess, for, for one portion of this. But uh, but Ubisoft uh, is continuing to support development of uh, Skull and Bones still, and I guess we'll see that someday. Who knows? Uh, but yeah, but they are, of course, continuing to support Rainbow Six Siege and uh, providing further updates for that game. I'm not going to go too far into depth about details over the characters that they're adding. Admittedly, not too much is known aside from the first one that they're going to have on offering with the new season. Uh, however, uh, interestingly enough, they have announced that they're going to be making some changes to a couple of gameplay aspects. First being Riot Shields, and 
that you will now no longer be able to blind fire, hip fire uh, with a riot shield equipped. Uh, your sidearm that is a little bit of an OP kind of a thing, in my opinion, or can be at least uh, in the in the right hands, so to speak, not mine. But uh, <laughs> they they've also announced that they are going to be implementing some kind of a mouse trap feature, which is going to try and detect uh, people that are using input spoofing devices uh, to essentially allow use of a mouse and keyboard while playing on consoles. Um, it's been the large sticking point for the community for a long while. People uh, complain about that pretty incessantly. And uh, we'll, we'll have to see how well it works, but essentially the idea is rather than just outright banning someone, they will identify the fact that you are using one of these devices and they will start to introduce a disconnect in your input lag on your mouse uh, to the point that the game essentially becomes just completely unplayable, which is honestly hilarious and I, I kind of like the approach there. We'll have to see against how that works. Uh, one thing, if nothing else, uh, that is a bit of a bummer maybe is that, well, this pretty solidly means I guess they're not looking to implement crossplay between PC and console anytime soon, which I can understand, but for casual gameplay, whatever, I, I still think it'd be nice to be able to get some of my PC homies into the uh, party, into the squad when we're playing, but... Alas, we'll, we'll see. <laughs> uh, in uh, a somewhat uh, related, I guess, uh, cheating uh, uh, ongoing event issue, whatever, uh, Bungie actually was recently awarded, uh, I think somewhere in the neighborhood of $4.4 million in arbitration uh, against AIM junkies, uh, resulting from, I guess, a variety of suits that the two have thrown back and forth over, I guess, at one another, over Destiny 2 hacks that uh, AIM junkies has developed and sold over the years <laughs> so some funny things from uh, some of the stories that we're talking about that I've seen and mentioned that uh, the the arbitration judge essentially found that well the despicable behavior of uh, aim junkies I guess the, the lead developer of, of all these hacks and everything is uh, essentially what led him to go ahead and rule in favor of Bungie um, but, but it noted that this guy with, with AIM junkies had apparently uh, logged into and was able to reverse engineer source code from the game, which allowed him to create these hacks. Bungie had caught him numerous times doing this and had banned him each time, but he kept finding ways to get around this and circumvent the bans to, to continue to reverse engineer the code to develop these hacks and these cheats that they would then sell. And uh, the, guy, the guy freely admitted to this, so I'm not really clear on... I guess how he thought he was going to be able to uh, to win <laughs> the arbitration. Uh, however, there is a countersuit currently that they are aim junkies is is presenting back to Bungie, uh, indicating that while well, Bungie also violated their terms of service and reverse engineered the code for their hacks to to figure out how they had done this or whatever, and so they're suing them for that. It's, I mean, sadly, in the way that the law works depending on whether or not that can be established or proven, I guess they could potentially be be awarded something for for that. But, uh, but, but yeah, hilarious. Like, oh, well, but, but then you did this back to us to, to figure out what we'd done. So, yeah, shame on shame on Bungie, I guess. But, uh, but yeah, nice to see that uh, the Bungie's able to take on somebody who is essentially you know, ruining the, the product that they're trying to provide to their paying customers. Uh, so, yeah, that, that's, that's cool. That, that, Good job. <laughs> uh, I'll move on from there. Just a, a little bit of PC tech news, I guess. Uh, I, I did see something 
right before logging in to do this that uh, AMD was talking about uh, implementing more AI, uh, you know, technology into their GPUs going forward. Uh, they made kind of an underhanded comment about, well, we're not going to, you know, just stuff a bunch of stuff in there that nobody's ever going to use, and, and why would they have to pay for, kind of, uh, you know, alluding to NVIDIA and, and their kind of outrageous uh, pricing structure here lately. I, I'm not sure that AMD is uh, making things an incredibly cheap proposition for some of their higher end uh, units that they're offering currently, but certainly cheaper than uh, than Team Green. Uh, however, they're going to start putting more AI into their cards as well. Uh, it seems like that's probably going to be implemented into their upcoming FSR 3. Uh, it's supposed to have some sort of a frame generation technology implemented there, similar to what we're seeing in DLSS 3, which is definitely helping to boost frame rates while you have all your settings up at insane levels and everything. So. I'm sure that that's going to continue to become the norm. We'll see, I guess, how far, you know, I guess in depth they go ahead and start slamming all this stuff into their cards. Obviously, they still want to have the the budget conscious uh, branding, so to speak. You know, be the be the one that is the the maybe not cutting edge, top of the line in every way card, but uh, it was, you know slightly less than for a, a good reduction in in sale value. Uh, but the the most interesting thing that uh, I felt was was discussed was just pricing in general for GPUs and where do anything or where does anything I guess go from here. You've got AMD and Nvidia, frankly, kind of painting themselves into corners where they have uh, really really set a, a new standard here. I think I'd seen something along the lines of a uh, you know like doubling price price point doubling for uh, GPUs over the past few years. And so now they're offering up their, you know, uh, lesser, uh, you know, variance in the tier structure for the current generation of cards. The performance, you know, to, to price metric is really not going to be there. It's going to be pretty horrendous for these unless if they will drastically either reduce the cost of those or just say that this is just the new normal and the new standard going forward, which neither is necessarily going to be a great you know, prospect for either consumer or the or the manufacturers they're selling these cards is, well, I mean, you've you've either got a, a horrible you know a value proposition to offer to your customers, or you essentially just prepare for the fact that you're going to sell less units this generation, uh, or at least for for a little while. I'm not really sure which I expect to be the case. I did would maybe be surprising to me if they're just going to start undercutting themselves and really lowering prices for kind of their whole lineup so to speak uh but man yeah either way that's yeah, the not not the greatest uh, position to be in for anybody still unfortunately but you've got intel coming up on the horizon as well and if they're going to start delivering some of the cards that are being rumored here where they're going to have a you know a 4080 killer that's going to be performing comparably and is going to way undercut the price. I mean, man, I, you know, might be that Intel is, uh, you know, positioning themselves to go ahead and just clean up in the market as the, uh, as the big two boys kind of, kind of, uh, push themselves a little too far, <laughs> taking advantage of all the, uh, all the, you know, massive demand from all the, excuse me, crypto mining that was going on. So time will tell. We'll have to see. It would be somewhat funny, I guess, if, uh, if the, the guys put themselves too too far up on the mountaintop and sort of screw themselves over for this generation of Intel can come in and really start knocking some socks off. But uh, we'll we'll see we'll see time will tell.
So that's really all that I had for uh, for news bits. Everybody is one. It's not going to be real in depth, and is going to go much quicker since I don't have anybody to argue with. I'm sorry. I, I don't even know why we do this. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, uh, I'm sure we'll all be back uh, Saturday to, to bitch and moan on one another, and uh, we'll catch up on Leo's vacation time and hear his uh, review, finally, of, of Horizon. Uh, <clears throat> so, yeah, uh, otherwise, uh, I'm not going to do, like, a full release radar either, but I will mention that uh, I guess we do have Atomic Heart now uh, hitting Game Pass, so... Uh, anybody who's been waiting on that one, go ahead and, you know, hop on, check that one out. Did have kind of a funny uh, release hiccup on PC where it didn't release with any ray tracing features implemented, even though that had been highly advertised for the past couple of years in their marketing. So, uh, whoops, I'm sure they'll probably get that corrected fairly quickly here, but we'll see. Uh, otherwise, <laughs> I believe uh, Horizon Zero, or uh, Forbidden West, excuse me, has been uh, added to the uh, PlayStation Plus service for, I believe, at least the premium tier or whatever, so Leo's now uh, having a panic attack trying to figure out which of these two he's going to try and play and if he's going to be able to get them all completed and everything. So uh, good luck to him and uh, hopefully good good times for everybody out there who gets to play on that. Uh, eh, that's, that's it for the release radar. Uh, as far as anything that I've been up to lately, not too much video game wise, if I'm being frank, was kind of uh, taking some time to get caught up on some other stuff after, after getting through the Half-Life 2 and uh, Kind of getting tired of the, the Call of Duty already, but uh, I did I did finally beat Elden Ring, everybody. Oh, my God. Um, so now I'll just have to, you know, start a new game plus and uh, continue the obsession. But, uh, but man, it, it was real nice. I finally, finally beat Malekith. Uh, man, I, I don't know what the hell was taking me so long with that. I just did not get, I guess, a hold of his timings or something. And my uh, my mimic was entirely useless, but, uh, but Black Knife Tish for the win. And uh, got through him and basically cleaved right through Radagon and, and the Elden Beast. I, they, that was like a piece of cake after that. So felt like kind of a fool, but uh, but finally got it done, everybody. So hooray for me. Uh, but otherwise, <laughs> I'm hoping that uh, everybody out there has a good evening. Uh, enjoys the rest of your week, and we'll catch up with you all on the weekend. And uh, <laughs> please like, subscribe if you can, if you would be so caring for us to... to do us that small favor. We, we greatly appreciate it. Hit us up with comments below or, you know, send us an email. Uh, let us know how we're doing. Please let us know if there's anything that you'd like to hear from us on or if you'd like to see implemented into the show. We're always happy and looking for new ideas. Uh, we're just trying to, you know, keep it entertaining and, and, you know, fun for you guys. So thank you for uh, checking in with us. This is Matt, your host, for the evening. I very much appreciate you tuning in. And uh, remember that Gaming's Creditors Excuse me. Oh, no. Gaming's greatest generation is the one that you are a part of. Peace. Thanks for listening to the Gaming's Greatest Generation podcast. We hope you enjoyed your time with us today. If you have any feedback for the show or would like to contribute ideas, feel free to call 702-690-9292 or email us at gamingsgreatestgeneration at gmail.com. You can also join the Discord community by following the link in the show notes. See you next time.